Elvis series and gets 15%. He's like, oh, no, he gets 15%. He ran, Parker ran the merchandise, which made more money than the music. I mean, you know, despite being a degenerate gambler, Parker made a lot, you know, had a lot of money off of this. Uh Uh-huh. And so what just happened? She pitched him on some sort of business proposition? Yeah, and he said, no, thank you. I want to go. I deliver drinks, uh, bottles from the fountain place behind you. I don't want it. So what she's going to do is she said, no problem. She's going to go to his boss and say, he never delivered my booze. (laughs) You are fired. fired. And now they, you're fired, Elvis. Oh, the most confident thing I've ever done in my life, firing that Elvis Presley. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What is that going to call up and say, like, that is a TARDIS. That Doctor Who uh, uh-huh. uh, travels What's that time. big honky thing on her face. Music. It almost looks like an overgrown oh, cell phone. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, she's receiving it. I just don't know what it is. So she's saying, hey, give me the money for the show. And he's like, ah, sell you some tonic. I don't got no money. And she's saying, well, I do. So she's parting ways with this governor. I don't even know who this actor is, but uh-huh. he does give a hearty two minutes. When, when Parker talked to – so Parker set up a deal with producer Hal Wallace. Hal Wallace is a star maker, and he pretty much made the careers of her, Elizabeth Scott, and uh, Tex, this guy. Yeah. Uh, they both got discovered by Wallace. So I could see, like, she was in, like, tons of, like, noir movies. This was her last movie until she did a cameo in, in a, a Michael Caine movie in the 70s. But So I could see Wallace saying, do me a favor, show up in this movie. Uh-huh. Elvis is not even in the first half hour. It's just these two looks. Really? So she's on a – yeah, so she's on – I don't see a laptop, but she's typing away. They're going to quit. <laughs> is that, is that her resignation like, letter? So he still wants yeah. her. Yeah, I mean, he's about to kiss her. Is he going to – he's gonna about to kiss her, Carl. But wouldn't it be hilarious if she – I have to wait. I forgot she actually kissed. There's a lot of gross kissing in this movie. Uh-huh. She has a, we should play her voice. She has a real, oh, you kissed Bill Tallman. Yeah. Blah. All right. So we're like, we're getting out of here, Walter. Right? Because that's what he likes to be called. Oh, so, so uh, yeah. He'd like Walter instead. Okay. Skeeterzorg.dipus. <laughs> Peter is one of his eccentric band members that walks around with a canary in his uh, birdcage. You know, a delightful band uh, wrote. If you like traveling on, on the road, you love this movie. The road, you know, these are road comics, road musicians. Get in a van. And they don't have rollers. And they're they have Susie. traditional. Uh, Susan. They, they have suitcases that you hold with. You know, everything I know, changes and they, so gradually and slowly. But then when you look back at 1957, like, um, I mean, we still have bicycles, but, I mean, you know, it's all so different. Yeah, we have less rabid dogs running around the street. Much less. Uh, what a bummer, Elvis. I heard you got fired. Why don't you, uh, someone manipulated this. Why don't you come <laughs> with us? It wasn't I who manipulated you. You could trust me. No, but when I manipulate your career, I'm a sexy, husky lady. 
He has this great husky voice. Who tell you voice? <laughs> Ring! TV 32! Yes, Sutoya, please. Speaking. Speaking, Bobby. Uh, a big shout out to our old producer of uh, our old uh, public access cable channel. Yeah. And the management there within. Right. So he's got to ride with the band. By the way, this guy, like, his character is a fucking alcoholic. Mm-hmm. There's no, no hound dog in this, even though there's a hound dog there. Okay. He, I should have read. That detour sign. This is Susie Jessup. I should have read that detour sign. The end. I have no, this was a Patty Page song, but I have no idea what it's about. Gotcha. Dank G, Susie. Did he get into an accident? He's uh, 19 years old in this movie, Susie Jessup. Really? Jessup Elvis. Wow. Yeah, a little old for Elvis. Whatever this language is, there's so much German in it. I always thought it was German, but the J's throw me off. No, it's more like Dutch, like Amsterdam talk, like Holland. It's it's not German. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely that. Right, here we go. Natürlich. I like his name is Zeke. I know a bunch of Zeke, and so it's a relief to see a Zeke. I hear it. That's party, baby. The lyrics of it. Let's have. Let's watch a movie. Yeah, let's watch a movie of full length. Here, send me to the store and I'll buy some more. Let's smoke some heroin. Yeah, these lyrics don't make any sense. Bring a shovel if you want to dig. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not. <laughs> send me to the store. Let's the buy song. some this... more. Let's have a party tonight. I guess he means beer. That's a Jersey party. Would you like? I'll buy you a bottle. I never kiss the bear. I never kiss the goon. But I could take a chicken in the middle of the room. <laughs> what does it he mean? also does like uh, he does these little Richards. Woo, let's have a party. Woo, and he has sang Tutti Fruity, so he's guilty as charged when it comes to ripping off that guy. Doesn't matter what it means. Look at him gyrate. Yeah. Hip time. He's so hip, he gyrated it. Look, he broke a string. The second time I'm doing it. Son yeah. bitch. This guy's a great actor. Look at this. Now look well, like you're We just upset. did that pig oiling contest. Let's do a Lions Club barbecue. All right, next on stage, uh, he has he hosts his own open mic. Will you please <laughs> welcome Carl? <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, let's have a party. Sure. Is it a different one like now? Rock. Oh, it's the second oh, it's lyric. The it's the same fucking song. Oh, okay. That's his stick. They're going to do like an on the road montage. So we're going to see him play like Harold'sville Lions Club and all these little things. Yeah. And you're going to hear like a medley of all the songs in the movie because that's what he sings on the road. So, you know, you're going to hear a lot of these songs over and over again. But it's a cool montage. They're on the road, and you get to see, like, a, a I won't ruin it for you. He, he could Here, I'll sing along with you. Let's hear some of the lyrics. Ah, why you got to be so rude? Don't you know I'm human, yeah. too? <laughs> Gonna bury her anyway. Bury that girl. Bury that girl. Bury her anyway. Bury that girl, no matter what you say. 
<laughs> in my there. backyard. <laughs> in your backyard. In your front yard. Okay, here we go. This is the cool montage of the towns they go. And you hear all the different songs. And, yeah, you get this. You get, like, oh, a hologram is... Elvis in the middle of the road. This is his one of his big hits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It came off his album. Yeah, it became a huge hit. Teddy Bear. Uh, once you, I, I'm going to be your teddy bear. Such a stupid. It's such weird. Like, he is a gropey little guy. Like, when he became Hollywood, they took the top floor, him... Uh, of the Knickerbocker Hotel, and they would just let girl after girl in, and then uh-huh. they they got kicked out, so they went to the Beverly Wilshire, and they just had too many girls, so eventually they got a mansion, and it was just like rooms full of women, and he would pick the women and go have sex with them. Really? Hot dog. Yeah. Yeah, and then he would ruin Skeeter's uh, wire again. Well, the, you know, so each relay was story. I fucking love that episode because they they talk to the surviving members of Elvis's Memphis Mafia. Uh-huh. Do you know that his entourage? They were called the before Memphis entourage. Mafia. It was Elvis. Uh huh. Yeah, they give a long story because they all walked out of cars at the same time, dressed the same way in Vegas, and someone said, "That's the Mafia," and they said, "Oh no, they're from Memphis." And he goes, "That's the Memphis Mafia," <laughs> and that's where they got their name. But when Elvis became Hollywood, he said, I, I need a friend. So he brought his cousin, and then eventually it became like all these yahoos from Memphis, and that's how he had his entourage. Okay. He, he needed people in Hollywood. They got him a guitar, and there's yeah. Peter. Like, now you don't have to smargin my springin. Oh, I, I, okay, good. Oh, we, so we missed the big line. You see it says, okay, Ramblers, yes. so Vulcan Toppy. He just said, okay, Ramblers, well, let's get rambling. <laughs> Which is in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Ah! Did you get the movie? No. What are you telling uh, me? Reservoir Dogs. Oh, is that in Reservoir Dogs? Okay. I saw Reservoir Dogs one time. It was very good uh, years ago. Yeah. So you remember they have an old man who's like telling them what to do and naming them Mr. Pink? Yeah, and San- Why, why, Sandy Mr. Pink? Was... Yeah, bag it. <laughs> so he's the one who repeats that line. Okay, this is I'm Just a Lonesome Cowboy. This is such a weird fucking song. He taps out rhythm off his guitar. He doesn't even play it. And it's, it's like a dirge. They were going to call this movie Lon- Lonesome Cowboy. They were? And they decided to go with Loving You. Yeah. Lonesome Cowboy's better, but okay. He's not a cowboy. Yeah, okay. He's, 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 he's a, I'm a lonesome delivery boy. And he's hardly lonesome. Um, oh, oh, no. He gets macked all the whole time. It's a... Uh, he's a cowboy. <laughs> so he's using his guitar as a percussion <laughs> instrument. Yeah, you see that? Probably that was know, like... Just... So, like, what's he doing now? You know, like... The band just gave him a new guitar, and he's like, I'm going to fucking bri- ruin it by tapping on it. Bongo. To show you my gratitude for a guitar, I'm going to use it as a bongo on stage. I wonder why the strings aren't squeaking, you know, like like there isn't a tone, a melodic tone. Yeah, oh, I agree with you. Yeah, these songs are, like, pretty well, I don't know, there's some good songs in here. He just said, like, uh... 
the girls have liked him, and he's like, I don't know, I'm not a girl. What? Weird. This is all part of, he's not billed separately. He is part of Tex Warner right. and his ride-ranging whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah. So he's just like part of the act, you know, like when uh, Lawrence Welk brings on a singer, so right. is Lawrence Welk mm-hmm. Orchestra. So he's a, he's a feature in the in this little variety. Yeah. Tex Warner is played by Wendell Corey, the guy right there in the middle with those mm-hmm. eyes. Yeah. And he's really cool. There's a lot of alcoholic jokes, but I found an interesting trivia fact about him from IMDb, which says, career was acutely damaged by his problems with alcohol. Uh-huh. So uh, you get to see, but he, his, his alcoholism, alleged alcoholism, led him to make uh, movies like The Astro Zombies, Women of the Prehistoric Age, I don't know if you ever saw, which was on MS3K. Oh, no, no, Agent from Harm. And he also did a movie called Cyborg 2087. So his films are eclectic choice. And he actually became a Republican. Oh, he's like, I got your number. He's like, <laughs> he's a comic who's like, fuck you. I was, you stepped on my punchline. Echo. Hey, lady, you stepped on my tag. So he just got uh, interrupted and heckled? <laughs> yeah. He, he says, no one will give me a call. Hey, honey, I'll call you. He's like, I can't believe you stepped on my line. No, no, it's good. The audience wants to fuck you. That's good publicity. Well, I don't know. I was about to finish my song. That's Dolores Hart. Dolores Hart was also in King Creole, his fourth movie. But she's cool. You know where she is now? She's still alive. She's one of the few members Where of she is on alive. this planet? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, she's a nun. Really? That's an interesting choice. Reverend Mother Dolores Hart. He made, like, Where the Boys Are. She did a stewardess movie, like a kind of innocuous-looking stewardess movie from 63. And she met uh, the Pope. And Uh she just left Hollywood and became a a nun. Cloistered. Wow. Now, she's an interview. She's someone to interview. Well, there is. There's an HBO uh, documentary that came out in 2012 called God is a Better Elvis or, you know, God is uh-huh. Better Than Elvis or something. And she says, like, she does, it's not that Hollywood's a place of sin. She just found a calling. Right. It was, yeah. It wasn't a reaction. It was a personal. No, it wasn't a reaction. Okay. She still votes for the uh, Oscars. And I should also mention the director has been writing the Oscars since 1963. He's like one of those old school entertainment guys. Oh, there's a documentary about the director uh, called Lunch, and it's about him and, like, Carl Reiner and a bunch of people, like Arthur Miller, the director, mm-hmm. uh, would meet every week to eat lunch and talk and reminisce. And, oh, and that's too so much. They a, they, <laughs> well, I try to find it on YouTube, but they're just out of lunch. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Oh, so I don't know how. When they gave it to him, he didn't have a case. Yeah, you're right. Things are looking up for Elvis. The case of the extra case. I'm on the case. So he's calling her like Miss Marbles, and he's like, "You call me Glenda." Uh-huh. And she's promising him like good things. He basically, she's she's man. There's a manager, and there's an agency talks to. Okay. And uh, the the runs the band, but. She suddenly doesn't give a shit about Tex anymore. She sees she wants to get this guy to rise. So here we go. This is probably how it happened. So he sa- signed a contract okay. with her. Yeah, yeah. So she's gonna 
And she's going to do like publicity stunts. And there's Tex, who's kind of pissed off by it. Look, he's, oh, he's she's even his eyes on alligator. Isn't she taking him right now to kill him? <laughs> yeah, right. Double off the side. Is that how show business works? Is that the eyes on? I've been watching the Ozarks, you know. Oh, don't tell me anything about it. Okay. Now that I'm in, knee deep in quarantine, that's next on my list. Uh huh. You'll enjoy the first two seasons, and the third one is like, all right, let's get this over with. Right, yeah, yeah, I'm watching Dark Season 3. They're in Tawanda? In Africa? No, this is uh, Celebrate Tawanda. Hot Dog. Now, this this is like kind of another medley. I like this song. Like, it's not Hound Dog. It's right. Hot Dog. And he's saying, like, you're coming home on the train, and I'm going to meet you, Hot Dog. So he's actually singing about, like, when the 406 rolls in, mm-hmm. I'll be there. Santa Fe. Oh, I was going to do this um, theme song for you with the train because I was going to, I might still do it. It was good. The train, you know, the train's going chugga, chugga, right? It was going to be Michael, Michael, Spiegel, Spiegel, Michael, Michael, Spiegel, Spiegel. Maybe I'll get to it. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Well, I do love them without hats version of the song. Yeah. Your safety dance version? That's great. Yeah. All your songs are great. Thanks. See, here we go. But when that Santa Fe pulls in, hot dog. And as you can tell, uh, the ladies love him. And he's still driving that jalopy in the middle of the fucking road. Yeah. Rough riding ramblers. Why? He he should be in the bus with the other people. It'd be cheaper for him. It wouldn't have to drive the whole way. But it's cooler to be in a jalopy, I guess. Yeah. So she's scheming right now. She's paying these old ladies to walk in there and say, oh, this sucks. Oh, because that way the young kids will like. Yeah, and there's James Gleason. Now, this guy has been like in, I took a look at over 100 movies. Like, I'm here. <laughs> Just <laughs> dreadful. They're having a riot. Yeah, look at these. Yeah, so now here you go. Go now, photograph them. I think. He's Colonel Tom Parkering this. Goodness, look at those <laughs> hips. Ooh. By the way, there's me. I'm not the carny. I'm the guy hanging out on the booth with the hayseed in there. They're going to cut to this guy. He's a funny-looking dude. He so he's really good at this game. He's, there he is, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty high. I can't. I'm not good with balls. I'll teach He's you. having none of this, by the way. Okay. He's having none of it. The filthy habit. I'm making nun jokes. That's our nun. Oh, oh, she is at 19 years old. None of it. Yeah, damn it. Thank you, sister. You got a teddy bear. Now they're playing cards. They're playing five card draw. Like I was saying, movies had poker. It wasn't like Hold'em. They were just playing old school five card. There really was no Texas Hold'em in '57. Yeah, right. There was, there was five card stud. I think Cincinnati Kid was around that time. It might have been early 60s. Is that a parrot, by the way? No, just a. The canary. And she brought a, a buddy, a male, so they could fuck. Really? Make eggs. Yeah. So they want the eggs? They want to they wanna stop paying? Yeah, they want rights. You could, you could fuck, but we're going to steal your eggs. You know, eight hundred dollars I paid for a talking parrot. Lately, my parrot has taken to texting. 
Oh, you want your money back? Well, it's too late. If Adam, this technology came along. But he hates Twitter. He loathes Twitter. He's like lesser birds tweet. <laughs> yeah, right. Wait, well, how ironic. A bird hates Twitter. In the background. Squawk! Twitter is for twits. Squawk! Creep it down, Polly. Doing my podcast. He's got some... He's got some good news. They're going to play Armandillo, Texas. They're not playing any of these shit heels. And he's like, oh, Walter Warner could diss the Tex moniker and I could be a star again. And oh, she's like, got well, you got to share the. Yeah, but of a catch. Ready? Yeah, Here, here's how she breaks star. it. Elvis is going to get a uh, above. So he's, co- he's co-listed with Elvis. It's going to be Tex Warner and Deke uh, Rivers. Gotcha. But he's, he's like, not gonna like that. so he doesn't know yet. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. It's the star is born, you know, like his his star is on the wane. He's Bradley Cooper. And right. uh, Elvis is Lady Gaga. Yeah. Oh, please so say he Barbara sits around and gets Chris Christopherson. I'm gonna say Judy Garland and that guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he was I, I've on seen all of them. We're calling him that guy. Hey, listen. Martha, uh, Barbara Streisand's father was not Andrew Dice Clay, so I'm going to have to go with the Lady Gaga classic. I'm sorry. Her dad was Andrew Dice Clay. Whose father? I thought of it. In, in Star is Born, Lady Gaga's character's dad is played by uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, okay. Listen, I got to tell you something. I quit on A Star is Born. I was watching the film, and I just said, this isn't for me, and I quit on it. Sorry about that. Oh, so did you... Did you miss the scene where he pisses on the MTV Music Awards? Uh, m- probably. Uh, I think, yeah. like, the, the brothers sold their ha- farm and they fought. It was around there. I yeah, was like, right. this is just so... And, and Bradley Cooper was all over that film. He had everything to do with making that film. So, you know, it was just so stock and... Yeah. Oh, everything right is right from is the beginning. The right. Um, sh- he went and he saw uh, her do her act. Uh, that famous right. song, uh, "Donka Shane," was it? And I got to tell you something. She didn't set the room on fire. She didn't do a good job in that scene. She didn't do. She was at a. Dr- she was at a. Dr- she was a, a cis woman at a drag show, and she becomes a breakout star. You but know what I mean? Is, like. I did, it wasn't believable that he really saw something in her that night. She did a very okay performance. She didn't do anything. I don't know. I just didn't believe that film. So I quit on it. I should mention they really use color well in this. Like he said, you're going to wear this outfit. He's like, fuck that. And then when Elvis hears the news, he's like, he's like, and we got you an outfit. And he's like, wow, red and white. You can really <laughs> see it pop. And he's going to. So they do some some tricks with the color. They're conscious of the fact that this is a Vista Vision Technicolor romp, uh-huh. which I, I like. Are they fighting? So, you know, it's like one of. The, oh yeah, he wants to change his name to. He makes a joke like Rock of Tab or something like that, like Rock Hudson or Tab Hunter or whatever. And he's like, "What's wrong with my name? My name is good." Let's seek a river. So is is text? How did text take the news of co-billing? Well, he said, I'm not going to wear the outfit, and he gave it to Elvis, but he took it. He kind of takes it throughout this whole movie. All right. He drinks. Like, he starts 
he visibly drinks. Like he doesn't drink during this first hour of the movie, but then he's right. just fucking drunk and he just he's out with it. So uh, he drinks. He, he probably coopers it. I thought of uh, Andrew's Ice Clay when I was reading up about Elvis's first manager, Bob Neal. Yeah, it reminds me of the uh, the Andrew Dice Clay uh, joke where he points to two guys in the audience. He goes, "What's your guy's name? Bob and Neil? Or is that like the name of uh, the first manager for Elvis?" Oh, oh, <laughs> that's a little belabored. Here we are. Anytime you have to keep the guy. I thought you were going to be sexual, like he kneels and then his head is bobbing. Yeah, that's what he says. Or is that what you do? Oh, oh, oh okay, so okay. Check out that car. Deke Rivers. So uh, he bought. Yeah, see, there it is. Getting investing. They spent all this money. He's like, oh, this is Daisy Brickner and Wayne, and their local team. Isn't he dreamy, Wayne? Fuck that guy. <laughs> I'm jealous of that guy. Let's go to the Buckhorn. Now, this looks like uh, Pulp Fiction. You know how they had – Pulp Fiction was based on uh, – the restaurant was based on one of the Elvis movies. Not the restaurant they uh, held up. No, no, the one they danced at. It was based on the oh, Speedway one. with the, uh, the V shape over the eyes with um, – yeah. With yeah, John right, right, right. Yeah, Uma. Yeah, Uma dancing with her eyes. Like, so this movie has the same kind of feel. Like, there's going to be a musical number here. So it's more like a stage than, like, a New Jersey diner, say, or a Texas diner. Gotcha. And he's like, he's dreamy. He's dreamier than you, Wayne. He's like, what? I'll fucking, uh-huh. And this guy, uh, he was in other Elvis's movies. He was in Raps About, Girls, 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 and another one. Okay. Uh, so he, he, he shows up in a bunch of them. Uh-oh. But he's, he's, a, he's a character. Yeah, right. Oh, this is really funny. He's like, I heard you sing. I want you to sing right now. And his friend's like, oh, hey, well, we're doing four shows in the matinee. You can come down and see our shows. Here's some uh, paper tickets, you know, the future minimum. But, you know, I'm opening up for uh, a comedian that's going to be great. You know, I want you to dance, sing right now. And he's training Elvis, and all the women are like, yeah, sing, sing. We like this idea. He just wants to drink his booze. But like, look, greasy. Oh, he's calling him buddy, which is Ven in uh, Dutch, like friend. Okay, nobody does that to Tex. And he holds Tex back. That's the way you do it. Like, you know your friend's a wimp, but you, right. you get in between there, you're like, hey, wimpy friend, don't do it. I'm holding you back. It's for the better for everybody. <laughs> you're That's not going to prison move. again, wimpy friend. You know, I can't let that happen. So he's like, you want me to sing? Okay, I'll sing. See, this is, uh, this is the scene in many, many Elvis films. He puts on the jukebox and right, sings along. Or maybe right, it shouldn't be many, but I've they seen did. this scene before. Well, the music is fucking great in this song. Like, I love this song. He says, mean-ass women. Like, he's got a beat, beat. And then the piano kicks in. Like, it's an orchestrated song. It's just a coincidence that happens to be an instrumentally played on the jukebox, right? Right. It's a, it's a karaoke not... jukebox? Yeah. It's, he must have played the B-side part, too, where it's just instrumental. So, yeah, this is like how uh, when they have sex, they don't smile. <laughs> yeah, see, random lyrics. 
about a chicken in the room and a black cat. Now I'm back to the chorus. One for the chicken, two for the dance, three to get ready. Now I can dance like a chicken in the middle of the room. <laughs> I can't feel hungry, Bruce. Well, live. Yeah, little Bruce. Oh, but this is fucking amazing. I want to learn that move. That dance movie just went. Did, yeah. See what I mean? He shuffled. This is raw Elvis. Yeah, no, this, I mean, I can't, a lot of these Elvis movies are awful, but he's fucking great in this one. Oh, look at that leg. He's doing the Michael J. Fox. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, this is right, because he traveled back in time to 1957. No, 1950, I, and, no, uh, I was doing a, a, a that, his, his, his sick. Parkinson's, yeah, yeah, okay, thank you very much. Thanks for playing last. Oh, you mean like in Spin City? I'm just going to ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> like she's almost mean as me like we don't smile when we have sex she's mean <laughs> yeah you wanted this right you challenged him to sing and he yeah. sang but look how like they, they turned this diner into a, like a stage show like you know it just so happens that uh, Buckhorns can handle this in the inner but Wayne's pissed off man he makes love without a smile, and that makes me wild. So, how are they? Are they? They do they have a hit on the radio? I mean, how are they known? They're just traveling. Well, that's the thing. Her friends had seen him at, like, I, I, I guess at a pig oiling concert. Ah, so it's word like of that. mouth made him this famous. Yeah, literally word of mouth. Right, and that the word of when she says the words to Wayne, it pisses him off. Uh, we got a little psychic. See, he's still pissed. He's going to call him yellow. What do you do for working? I work in my dad's auto shop. Well, then why don't you go out and get me some new seats, you fucker? Like real condescending Elvis. Whoa, I'll show you yeah, how yellow. Covering. Wow. Oh, no. Everyone's panicked. I can yeah, take on Elvis. Hold me back, wimpy friend. This Hold me Elvis. back. There was, hold me back, with me, friend. Yeah, there was some movie in which the guy was like, don't hold me back, don't hold me back, and so they weren't, and he goes, oh, hold me back. <laughs> now, this is like a, every open mic comedian we know. You perform, someone says something, and then you just beat the shit out of them. <laughs> okay, guys, well, I'll be performing comedy again tomorrow. But at no point the Secret River says, hey, guys, sorry for beating up your boyfriend. I'll be performing across the street, so why'd you check me out? Like, this is a performer's don't. You don't perform and then beat up a heckler. Except for Daisy Brickner, Wayne's girlfriend. She's fucking getting off on this. See, see, the thing is, in reality, in a movie that happens and the girls are like, he's so great. But in reality, you'd be like, what a jerk. What the fuck? Just sing your fucking song. You got to yeah. beat up the audience and then expect us to come. And why didn't the cop show? He was calling the cops before. The That's what I thought. Who was the store? Who's this guy? Yeah, they probably waited for the song in it. Well, maybe they came and they heard the song and they said, eh, everything's okay. But this guy, like this old man, is so weird. I just don't get him hanging around. Isn't this great? You know, we're doing all this publicity and they got like some journalists coming by. O'Shea. Oh, look at that. All the girls are going into the door. They're, they're, I don't know what they're doing. They're pulling off pictures of the bricks. Coming, coming through. Coming through. 
Yes, Can I get a selfie? Can I get a selfie? <laughs> autograph book. Yes. Yeah, I got an autograph of Deep Rivers. Like, Mike, it's just like, now we're watching the 1957, and autograph books are obsolete. I mean, you and I remember autograph books in the 80s and the 90s, yeah, right? Sure. Right. It's just one thing at a time made this an ancient time that if someone, some kid today, you know, 20 something year old saw, I'd be like, it's so weird, but it looks perfectly regular to me. That they were in that, they got the payphone, they're carrying their suitcases, they've got the autograph books. Right. Uh, what a world they lived in. Hot dog. All right. Thank you. Yeah, they're saying, like, how great he is. Okay, I think, uh, I forgot what song this is. Oh, this is Teddy Bear again. Yeah. So I don't Not get all this. Like, put, oh. a, put a chain around my neck because I'm a teddy bear. How many teddy bears do you know that have a fucking chain around their neck? Well, real like, bear. an actual real bear? Or like, yeah, I guess. Gotcha. So he's saying, like, as a male sex symbol, I'm a cuddly teddy bear. I don't want to be a lion. Oh, right. I don't want to be a tiger. And he's meanwhile, he's lying. like banging like, yeah, because he goes back to the hotel room to bang, you know, 14-year-olds or whatever they were. You've got to separate the man from the music. <laughs> An Elvis movie based on a film based on his life? You got you to separate That's the art band. from the artist. You know how, like, Elvis fans love Elvis and they love his band? His actual band's in this movie, so Scotty Moore or whatever their names are, they're playing along. Like, uh, Colonel is the technical advisor on the music. So we got the band in there. The song became huge. It was a yeah. single, and the B-side was Loving You. And both of them just, like, hit. This was, like, the number seven movie, top movie of the year. And the Love Me Tender was, like, number two. Like, he did all right. It's interesting, because Elvis uh, went to the Army. Remember he got drafted yes, in 1957? Yes. And that was a real turning so point. Like, uh, before the army and after the army, it's different Elvises. Right. So this is before army. This is one of the reasons why I like this movie. Uh, and then he did Kid Creole was his fourth movie, and he got to go to the army. I don't even know. The, were we fighting a war? It was a Korean war. He went to Germany for two years. And uh, uh, what year? That was murder. It? That Dutch murder. Uh, 57, like, he, they deferred it a bit, but he was, he was gone, like, well, this is 57, so there's Daisy Brickner, Wayne's girl, boy, uh, girlfriend. Oh. He's a troublemaker. See, how'd you get in here? Oh, window. <laughs> See, I wouldn't be like Elvis with guys, 20 was... women. I would be like, with one woman. I, I would be a pig. Right. But one at a time, please. Well, he's, he's a gentleman. He's opening the door. He's, he's, he's coming on to him in the dressing room. It's not the other way around. He's, he's unlocking the door. Yeah, well, this is obviously not real-life Elvis. Oh, careful. That's, they're very no. pointy. You could get – oh, ouch. Oh, ouch. Oh, ouch. Yeah, That's, very pointy. She's got sharp points. She's, she's there. She's not there to play either. Yeah. So, okay, print so there's media. O'Shea, the journalist. Print yeah, media. Print media. That's another thing, hey, right, Mike? Why don't we... Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 and it becomes a scandal. 
So she's like, well, why don't we walk into his backstage? <laughs> Bring your camera and what the? Perfect shot. Yeah, perfect shot. That's going to be trouble. I should mention that Elizabeth Scott actually uh, got in trouble with, you remember Confidential Magazine from the 50s? Yes. The ones that were like, he's a hophead. Well, they ran stories saying that he was a lesbian. That's why I was making that hilarious lesbian joke. Uh-huh. Uh, she was married twice. She was allegedly dating the producer, Hal Wallace, at one point. He was so, a but, lesbian. Uh, but you know what? I should mention, she did pass away in 2015. And uh, where did I have this? Her, uh, oh, here we go. Upon her death, she was cremated, and her ashes were given to her longtime friend, Mary Goodstein. Uh-huh. So she had a longtime friend. So wait, she became a nun? No, 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 no. She's not the nun. Right. She, that, that she was, was in a lot of the, film noir movies. The singer. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, the singer. So there's like, there's a 13-year difference between Elizabeth and uh, Elvis. Okay. But she still kind of hits on her. She pulls it off. She's very pretty in this. She's great. Well, she holds this whole movie together. Well, she has kind of like a Lauren Bacall look to her. You know what I mean? Like she, yeah. she plays femme fatales and all that stuff. One thing I can clearly see about her is every time she walks on camera, it's like she just st- st- stood up from the makeup desk, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. But she's smoldering. Is that the term? I don't know, but like it's a, like her hair's perfect, look. her makeup's perfect. She clearly was just staring at the mirror with the lights. Yeah. Well, it's good. Yeah, right, right. Well, it's great in color, too, because those lips pop. Everything pops with it. Mm-hmm. So she's really excited. This press thing is going to be great. I don't know. This this story, I mean, it's it's better than a lot of other Elvis movies. At least it has a storyline. But yeah. there's certain points where they just kind of grind. Like, I'm not even sure what's going on. There's so that guy. Like, what the likes- fuck? Why do they have, like, an old man with them? I don't know. That's what I was asking when they were out front. Who is this guy? So they were. He's the she agent. likes that he got caught in a picture with the girl. Yeah, right. She's saying this is great. His name is Carl, by the way. So mm-hmm. there's a Carl hanging around backstage all the time. It's really cool. I keep old old that, man yeah. Carl. Yeah. Like, what's he doing there? Uh, yeah, I forget. Like, he's compromising. He's compromising him again. You know, uh, Elvis was a hero to most, Carl. But he never meant shit to me. You see. Yeah, motherfuck him and John Wayne. So, so many people listening to our podcast will not get our jokes. I mean, they're, you know. Oh, what, that's from uh, Do the Right Thing. That's Fight the Power. Right. I don't mean your reference. Motherfucker. Straight uh, up racist. You know. So I should talk about the Elvis stamp. No, you should. I'm just saying, like, the people who listen to this, I mean, some of them must be so young, and we're, like, talking about 1980-whatever Spike Lee joint. Yeah. Well, people probably know that. I mean, that was a Netflix TV show, too. Uh, no, she's got to have it. It was the movie. Excuse me. Uh, well, I mean, do they know Elvis? Do they know public? Do they, do they think it's... 
<laughs> well, no, I think they yeah, probably not. No. definitely know who Elvis is, who the Beatles and the Rolling Stones are. But, like, that's where it ends. They don't know the who. They don't know, you know. Right. Sure, you're going to know the name of Elvis, all right, just like you know the name Marilyn Monroe. But uh, those are just because they were the Giants, that's all. Their names got removed. Well, see, this whole genre of, like, what I, I think it is is that this whole concept of being a movie star and a rock star uh, is been the way for like uh, I would say J Lo, like I mean he acts, he's an actual actor, but mm-hmm. movies like Serena where she gets to sing and act, you get to see the same thing you see uh, in Elvis. Yeah, Jamie Fox, you know, I think has the same kind of charisma where he sings and, and he acts exceptionally. You know, I think he won an Oscar for her, uh, one of his films, but mm-hmm. the, the point is is that like a lot of times like you see pop stars become actors. But they don't do it the Elvis way. They're not like singing to every song in Acapulco. Right, you know, right, they, right, uh, right. They're the Rock Johnson's buddy in an action film or something like that. Oh, Elvis signed my tits. Uh, where do you keep the drugs? Oh, yeah, so, oh, all right. Well, yeah. Elvis, that's dangerous. Don't go to a public place. They'll ask you to sing, and you'll fight a guy. It's the same fucking place. But this is—you should check out Tex. He, this is where his alcoholism kicks off in this movie. Great. He's gonna it's ask the waitress for a glass. Actually, maybe when, when he places the order with the waitress, he might turn the volume on. Okay. So. He's like, hey, yeah, fans, pretty good. Oh, well, you wouldn't know, but you're on the way down there, um, Mr. Warner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, hang on. Is he leaving? No, he's got to place the order. Oh, he's just grabbing. Whoa! Hey, I'm the Elvis's dad. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is like his character is an orphan. Uh huh. And uh, so, sexy uh, uh, Elizabeth and uh, Alki Warner are like his parents, surrogate parents. Basically. I see. So he's kind of like, uh, uh, now he finds out they're an item. I tell you, this movie just kind of grinds to a halt at certain points. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just they go out and eat, and it's like you know, nothing really, nothing. I mean, this doesn't really advance the plot. Well, I mean, he just found out that Elizabeth is a dating Elvis. No, no, you know, he's actually a little jealous of the relationship yeah. that's kind of set up. Okay, here we go. Go ahead. Was that the joke? He goes, excuse me, waitress. Excuse me, waitress, can I get a glass? And then he pulls out a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I do that at a club. Yeah, you can't bring You can't it... do that in real life. Well, maybe if they don't have a liquor license, maybe it's okay. What time of day was that? Like two in the afternoon? They went to lunch? I see. All right, well, so he really, like, so Warner's, Warner's got, look, he's their skeeter. So uh, they fired everybody is what happened. 
Who did? The, the, the James, Carl, Carl, the old man. He right. said, listen, you know what? We're making so much money with Deke. We don't really need Susan Jessup and her trio. That's when she so became a nun. She's going home. Right. That's where she said, fuck Hollywood. Such a cool business. So nice she could take the bus. And Warner said, Warner said, hey, you know what, Elvis, you should drive her. Take her to Farmingtown or wherever the fuck she lives. And because uh, he's jealous of him. And when uh, Husky gets back, she'll be like, where's my star? Where's my Elvis? I took him to the Farmingdale. You what? And we kind of find out that he, uh, oh, and he's, he's like, I'm going to rehearse drinking. The great line. I'm going to rehearse drinking. Yeah. He's a, he becomes an alcoholic, like, fast. Uh-huh. Which he looks good, speaking of pointy, Carl. That's something that I can never be as an alcoholic. I swear to God. Um, one time my, my family went down to Florida, and I couldn't because I just started a new job. And I pretty much drank, like, for three days in a row. Not during work, you know what I mean? Like, go to open right. mics and stuff. And I got to tell you, man, I, on the fourth day, I just felt all out of sorts. I just couldn't keep it. I just didn't, I didn't do it until they got, I, they, that was it. That was my binge, you know, they came back from Florida. <laughs> I'm just not well, built so for you that failed it, life. Yeah. Well, it's so kind of like, you, you know, I, if you were drinking at a show, like you have a couple of drinks beforehand and then when you're on stage, you try to act sober. And then once you get off stage, you continue. Yeah. This guy drinks. And then he, they're like, at one point they're like, well, let's get you to like a coffee shop or something. And uh -huh. he sobers up in time to perform. Uh huh. Which is not really the case. People really think that's the way it works. It's like you drink, but you know, have a cup of coffee or. Now you're back to normal. Or something. And then, yeah, you're back to normal. There's only one thing that makes a drunk person sober, and it's just as bad. Something I also couldn't do for the, you know. What, Coke? Yeah. Coke. It's just, yeah. I couldn't handle it, you know. You're right, she does look good. She's, cool. she's not as pointy. She looks great. I think she's very pointy in this one. I disagree. That's <laughs> the angle, Carl. Maybe it's cold. Cold on the set. Yeah. The Warner Brothers set. Who's this? Uh, I'm going to murder you before I drink. Cock. Okay, so he's... So he's gonna meet this, her family, like this is, and they're having like an all-American outdoor barbecue on their farm, and uh, he's gonna sing "Loving You," and the parents are gonna be like, "What a sweet boy!" <laughs> Let's talk about fucking their daughter. He sees good with children. He's treating them like he treats his chimpanzee. You know those pills? I'm willing to take them. <laughs> those are horse tranquilizers, Elvis. Each. Each Hollywood story was saying that, like, uh, he started popping pills in the army, making bennies, like uh -huh. the little white pills, the speed. Right. So this is before he was a pill popper. But he came back, and uh, Colonel Tom Parker, because he allegedly killed a man, never left the United States. He wasn't an American citizen. He never got his uh, right. paperwork, even though he right. joined the army and, and stole, stole and valored that guy's name. Uh, yeah, his identity. Uh, so uh, he never visited Elvis when he was in Germany, but he comes back and Tom Parker's like, let's resume the movies, boy. And the first movie Elvis does when he comes back is a film called G.I. Blues. 
Uh-huh. And True Hollywood Story had the Memphis Mafia thing. Elvis, the last thing he wanted to do was get back a uniform. Elvis hated that movie. So he just, you know, and that kind of set the pace for the remaining films of his. Uh-huh. Walking through them. I remember, like, Clam Bake, where you come on and do the clam, and I remember, like, Blue Hawaii. Oh, uh, I mean, the good ones are, like, Jailhouse Rock. Yeah. And uh, Viva Las Vegas and Van Margaret. And then the shooting, oh, he did Change a Habit. Did you ever see that one? It was like one of his last films. Mary Tyler Moore is an undercover nun. This is not the only nun he kisses in, in his movies. And she plays a nun in uh, uh, The Lord's Just Holding His Elbow. He doesn't know that they got kicked out. And he's kind of, she's kind of letting him know. It's like, uh, I thought you knew. Yeah, Carl, that mean old man kicked us off because you were making money. I didn't know that. So wait, he Elvis didn't get kicked off. No, they they kicked everyone but Elvis off because Elvis is their moneymaker. You know, it's oh. so like straight. Like I was telling you, nineteen fifty-seven. Like they have the horses. You know, today we'd just call an Uber. Yeah, right. Back then they had to like telegraph a horse. So he's thinking of something about fucking the daughter. Why you gotta be so rude? That's killing the daughter. Well, then he's just fucking you. See, the kids are on there. We're just gonna have sex. Winter, summer, springtime, too. He's loving you, but in the fall, he takes a break. In the fall, he ices his balls. Look at this little Mac. Three months off, icing his balls. Yeah. Well, that's a brother, right? Yeah, right, brother, sister. You always know I want to fuck you. So so is he falling in love with this girl for real in the movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, didn't, did we miss it? But he kissed, uh, Elizabeth kisses him. Already? And he's like, oh, no, ma'am. Well, maybe it's later. Okay. But I thought that's why they started the conflict. He's all American. This is an all American. So, you know, he's gy- so during '57, he's gyrating his hips on Milton Berle and Ed Sullivan, and uh, all the old blue hair ladies are going ape shit. Yeah. So this movie's like, yeah, we acknowledge that, but he, you know, true America loves him too. He's family family. He's literally family uh, entertainment right now. Mm-hmm. There's a family, and they're being entertained by him on an American farm. It's as American as you can get. By the way, those chickens never acted again. Oh, that, no, that was a one one chick wonder. <laughs> chicken flip. Uh, oh, I hear a city folk driving oh, up. Look at that fancy <laughs> car. It matches your outfit. Thank goodness this movie's in color. It's Lizbeth. Yeah, well, she wants him back. I heard you got you got to come back. But she's really good with kids. Look, the kids come, she tussles their, literally tussles their hair. She doesn't know who the fuck those kids are. Right. They're pickpocketers. And they gave uh, gave her a hug. So she took their life savings and put it in this car for publicity for all this. And Elvis doesn't realize that. But it, it's it's Warner, it's Warner's uh, like 
uh, savings. To me, it looks like an old clunker, but it's 57. Yeah, right. It's, it was a classic movie front, uh, car at the time. I should mention, like, I've seen this movie a couple times, and uh, her name is Glenda Marbles, but in this scene, Susan calls her Miss Margot. Oh, interesting. And the, the subtitles, yeah, I don't know. If they, I mean, I saw it on the subtitles, and I clearly heard her say Margot. So I was like, what the fuck? That's not her name. It's Marbles. I guess they were like, well, we're not reshooting. Yeah. You're not staying having food? You got to leave? Yeah. They're going to go to Freegate, Texas. He's gorgeous. Dolores Hart? That was pretty pro. She's 19, though, so. That was. Yeah, that was pretty radical at the time. Give me a hand. Back then, you know. Stop gyrating. Uh, yeah, everything grinds to a halt. Oh, yes. So he's giving him the car. Jalopy? Oh, the jalopy, I guess. Wow, she's getting choked up. Yeah, she's good. I think Blood's Heart is great. I mean, uh... It's funny that she became a nun and her name is Dolores because this is uh, the Mission District in, in in San Francisco has all these churches and it's a Dolores Street and it's a uh-huh. Dolores Church. All right, so look how pissed Elvis is. This is where Elvis's backstory kicks in. And I swear to God, I've seen this movie twice already and I really don't understand it. But basically, he's an orphan. Right. And... Uh, He's like, you want to know something, Miss Glenda? I want to show you something about my life. Let's drive to a cemetery 40 miles from here. She's like, okay. And they do that kind of movie thing where the conversation stops, and then 40 miles later when they're at the location, he resumes what he was saying. Right, right. Yeah. He's moody. He's like, well, if you want to know my secret, take a turn and go 40 miles this way. So we're going to learn the secret. Again, this movie is it's just as much about Elvis as Colonel Tom Parker, the man who stole a man's name. Mm-hmm. You disapprove. He, he well, it's just that... Yeah? Oh, no, I don't disapprove. I mean, the guy was an asshole. He, you remember that Eddie Murphy interview? Like, I think it was Rolling Stone, uh-huh. where he said he met Colonel... You know, Elvis... Uh, Eddie had a huge Elvis... Uh, obsession. He had his own entourage in Bubble Hill or wherever he was in New Jersey. And he was saying in the 80s, he met Colonel Tom Parker in the Las Vegas casino, and Tom Parker rubbed his head for good luck. And he said that was awful, but, you know, that guy doesn't know. Is, you know, he's old. A, and uh, that was Colonel Tom Parker. American thing? Yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. Wow, what a... Uh... He, he... Hmm. Yeah, what an ass. Yeah. Okay, so they're going to get his... Want to know the secret of my life? Gotta go to the cemetery. I buried her anyway. Oh, I buried that girl. Buried her anyway. Buried her anyway. Her. Just park on this grave and walk over here. Why you gotta be so morbid? <laughs> Seriously. 
Well, yeah, he's got. Here comes the secret in the movie, and I don't really understand it, Carl. Even though Elvis is such a fucking mutterer, I have no clue what the fuck he says. Right. Well, all right, so, oh, is this the grave? No. Is this the grave? No. Why do these graves have? Why do these graveyards have to be so dark at night? Is it her headlights that are illuminating? It must be, right? Yes. Turn on your headlights, Elizabeth. Deke Rivers. Is that him? Oh, no. He's got a story for it. This Deke River died in '34, 20 years ago. Right. He was alone. Uh, but uh, except for the friends that miss him. And he gives this story about how something awful happens at the orphanage. I don't know. I think there's a fire or someone gets punched. I don't even know, Carl. But he runs and he runs. I'll look back. He took his name? He took his name. That day, Jimmy Thompson was dead. And Deke Rivers was exhumed. Not literally. That would be sick. Yeah, so he's stolen Ballard, this guy's name, like Tom Parker stole Tom Parker's name. Oh, I see. Yeah, see, part of the story. Like, but, little details of Tom Parker's name, life pops up in this movie. He took his name to keep his memory alive? Well, because his epitaph says that he was alone, uh, except for the friends that miss him. And he said, that's a cool. Instead of getting him that tattooed on his body, he just took the guy's name. Okay. All right, I guess. So if you're ep- so you need a cool epitaph on your on your gravestone if you want people to steal your uh, <laughs> identity theft, your posthumous name. It's moving. Mike Spiegel, man. So, he tell banged me, girls twice. Elvis's character as a child, was there something wrong with his name or uh, – well, he didn't. He didn't like. He wasn't comfortable in the skin that he was in. You know, he was. He was. He felt like it was a loner. Uh-huh. And then he saw this gravestone where they had the slogan saying oh, so this guy was a loner know. too, except for the. No, he didn't. This guy was long dead by the time he went to his graveyard. He wasn't so like a friend in the orphanage, and he died. So therefore, he took his name. He just took some. No, guy's it's just name. the orphanage. Yeah, like the orphanage is nearby, and I was. I think we see it at one point. I don't know. Anyway, let's go back to O'Shea. O'Shea, remember you? You were in the second reel. Remember <laughs> me? Yeah, see, this is the newsroom where everyone has their own office and people don't get downsized. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah this right. 30 years of this guy. When you get hired, you get hired for life. Yeah, yeah. You're on the no, team. my father. He worked in the same journalist job for 40 years. Now these all right. There's trouble in River City against Elvis, right? Which is stripped, uh, ripped from today's headlines. Oh, we hate Elvis. He gyrates his hips. Ladies, ladies, let's be gentlemen. That's your joke. <laughs> Gird Dragon, gentlemen. <laughs> so they canceled this show. Those old ladies are responsible for no Elvis in town. And that just sucks for today's team. I'll see you later, Hawkins, Glenda. Thank you for showing me the gravestone where you identity theft that dead guy. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Oh, look, it's Deke. 
What do you mean you're canceled? But what did they get? What are they canceled for? He's gyrating his hips. I mean, why get him canceled? Those blue-haired ladies don't want no gyration, so they pulled out the first show canceled, and they put it outside the theater. And here, the Kids of America comes up to Deke. Deke, why they cancel the show? (laughs) What do you mean? Oh, Deke, we want to see you perform. Yeah, Deke. Yeah, no, 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 no. But the band, even though the band is like pushing upstream to these girls to get in the the convertible, they're not going to perform. They just want to get the fuck out of it. I see. He sees for your publicity. He can't believe this is happening. Liz Brett. This doesn't run over anybody. Deke, Deke, yeah, you're just one of the millions of girls, lady. Yeah. Oh, old. There you go, O'Shea. He says Mr. O'Shea, even though the credits just called him out, like, you can't buy publicity like this. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're right, fellas. Maybe you're right. So now the big story he's, will he's be shut more down? Hmm. Yeah, well, she's going to go to City Hall right now. She's walking over to City Hall. Oh, no, no, I guess she's got to make a call. But she's going to talk to the city the councilman about this. Okay. Basically, charm away. Okay, so this guy is this guy is actually a known uh, – I did a little look into because he, he runs a TV station. Right. And uh, she's like, listen, if you bring him on TV and show him that he's all-American, people will see that he's all-American. And it was, all right, we'll put him on. <laughs> so she's scheming. She's literally rubbing her hands on this scheme. Excellent. Excellent. Evil. Uh, okay, he's drunk. Oh, angry drunk. Go fuck yourself. And your longtime friend. He's just sarcastic. <laughs> He's in his cowboy he's suit. He's also kind of rude. I know he's rude to the couch, too. He's got the boots on the couch. Is this a hotel? Yeah. Yeah, they're staying in a hotel. Like I think it's literally across the theater or something like that. You can see the theater marquee outside. You're yeah, drunk. He's, he's drunk. You're drunk. You're well, my character's drunk, drunk too. <laughs> He ran for. He became a politician. He became a Republican politician. He was the uh, president of the Academy of Arts, the Oscars, in the early '60s, and he ran for congressman, like in California, and then didn't, didn't happen for him. Oh, he didn't make it. No. Weren't so you? This movie um, has a future politician. You too had a stint, and weren't you president of the Academy of Farts for a while? <laughs> the Academy of Farts, yeah, and sciences. That job so is those parts. Mm. Ah, big thinker. This movie has like uh, Elvis, a nun, uh, a politician. Yeah. Elizabeth herself, she kind of does TV in the 60s, but she gets into real estate and she does a lot of Hollywood charities. Uh-huh. I think she's very cool. I, I, he really makes this movie for me. So I'm uh-huh. like, okay, this is where she maxed on him and it's going to confuse him. Also, I like that background. All the lights are on. The, you can see clearly through the lights on in the building. Mm-hmm. 
That's that's not like a uh, a painting of a skyline. That's you know actual view. That's a real cityscape. That's, yeah, because as you know, when you look out the window, you clearly see the square lit boxes of every window. Look at his hair, man. It's really great. Thirty two years old. You they can't even get that that pop clean. Yeah. Like use a comb, Elvis. So I guess it's um, hair grease. It's got to be styling grease. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's Well, my wife calls him a greasy drifter in this movie. He's a greasy drifter. Gotcha. His greasy drifter hair. I'm too nice to think it's your fault, even though you're a schemer. Yeah, even though, oh, Mrs. Colonel Parker, you're all right. You're a sexy lady. Here you got me. That's a little suspect. Kin folks. Well, he's he's having second doubts about this Nezer Isaac uh, rise to stardom. Uh huh. He she's ready to keep pushing him to the top, and he 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 wants off this crazy ride. I see. So, did she tell him about the TV show? Yeah, yeah. She's saying like you go on this TV show and people see who you are, they're gonna shut the fuck up and let you perform. He kissed her. Yeah, and she was weird about it. Well, she kind of likes sex. I mean, she hangs around her ex. Yeah. Listen here, we're gonna have a music band. But she's telling these guys what uh, what for. And she's she got guys note cards. Oh yeah, yeah. She's prepped. She's waving them around. Look, listen. Didn't you thirty years ago listen to jazz? <laughs> and didn't they say that jazz? Oh, so that's what it was about. It was about this rock and roll is poisoning our culture. Yeah, yeah. But she's saying the beauty poisoned the cold, the youth of the day, and jazz poisoned all you guys. And they go, yeah, let's do it about faith. The broad's right. You know, rock and roll led the 60s, which really did take apart uh, much of uh, the culture of of these people. I mean, they're not wrong in retrospect, you know. Uh, People stopped wearing suits and wearing blue jeans. You stopped calling your boss Mr. So-and-so. Every job didn't have a uniform to go with it. I mean, the 60s did take down. This is Colonel Tom Parker making a movie saying, that's uh-huh. all right, guys, let it in. Let them wear blue jeans. You you were jazz jeans 30 years ago. What do you say? This guy goes, congratulations. Does he have to? He oh, wants oh, to know oh, if he oh. has to wear makeup at the TV. Oh. <laughs> oh. Thank you, sucker. All right, so Thank we find- you, Suckers. Finally made it to Act 3, Carl. Suckers. Oh, sorry. I meant to say that outside the room. Suckers. And you're all a bunch of suckers. Okay, suckers. Bye, suckers. They fell for it. Look how drunk Texas. Oh, he He's didn't need the makeup uh, desk. He's saying, oh, I rehearsed plenty getting drunk. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, we got to take you to a whorehouse so you can sober up. <laughs> let's, yeah. Whatever let's they did. The coffee 50s. with you. 
Yes, right, exactly, because we got a live TV show. Uh, Performing live on TV? Okay, that's not how it usually gets told. It told me earlier. So that's Act 3 is his performance. Okay. All Elvis has to do is show up on his TV show and perform. So Elvis doesn't want to do it. He's done with it. He's going to drive off. Branding them. In his new fancy car they bought for him. Uh, yeah, I think he takes the jalopy. No, he left the fancy car to Susan. He took his jalopy, actually. Oh, so oh jalopy it was the other way around. Yeah, he gave the good car to the, the chick. He didn't give the shit car. Wow. Or back in the day, the car. What a great guy. Day. Look look how drunk he is. It's just so weird. Okay, so there's so you can have a TED Talk. KTDs there. Oh, I figured Elvis would go to their 50. studio. No, no, they're going to do this at the Grand Theater. where uh, jalopy. You know, I was looking at locations. Yeah. Oh, but Elvis wasn't driving, was he? No, someone drove it for, um, drove, uh, there was, it was a guy in a uniform, just like I was talking about. Today, it'd just be some yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't be wearing it. So Texas is kind of done with this. He's going to, he's going to give up the leadership and have Skeeter conduct. But you can see, he's just done with it all. He's like, you like fucking my ex. What do you mean <laughs> fucking your ex? <laughs> he's totally creeping out and so Elvis realizes he's like listen buddy I would have fucked that old bag don't worry about it she's old I tell you she's as old as you Tex 22 years old Elvis yeah wow well you know he's a talented man I mean he uh, he maybe he didn't start that way, but he's clearly risen to it. I mean, here he is really being an actor, and he is totally really being an actor. performing for you know his music. I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, he crashed and burned, but at this point, you know, pre-army, and uh, he's killing yeah, it right I mean, here. This is his third, it's his second movie and his third album, and you know, both were hits. Like yeah. he's on top of it. I mean, a movie and an album. And I think one of the reasons why uh, he kept cranking out these movies was a way for Parker to just keep releasing the soundtracks. Yeah, I guess, yes. And, like, at you know, so many people, you know, John Lennon, so many people are staring at this movie right now, seeing a, what they want to be, and... Isn't I don't Cliff know. Richards, this, wasn't this there a guy named Cliff Richards in England? Of, a good time in Elvis's career and life, right? Yeah. So I should mention, you see that guy putting his uh, glasses in his mouth? Yes. You no, know, you don't do that now. So I, I looked him up because I'm always interested when they have, like, newscasters play newscasters on he TV. He was the guy in the bathrobe, and, I thought. Oh, maybe you're right. Oh, maybe I'm jumping the gun. Okay. Oh, she's saying, like, listen... So Elvis kissed me. Big deal. It's Elvis Presley. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know you're the drug for me. Would you kick Mick Jagger out of your bed? Come on. Come on. <laughs> uh, he, he's just done with it. That drunken remorse. 
if you see if you stuck to it, you could be this remorseful, Carl. Uh-huh. Thanks. Stupid life giving me shit. I deserve more. Drink, 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 drink. Fucking guys. Drink, 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 drink. Drink, drink, drink. I swear to God. There he is. People want Elvis over Walter Warner. Well, fuck that. She wants to throw me a phone. Drink, 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 drink. Well, she's saying, like, look, even though we have this really stupid, tortured relationship where I enable you and you enable me, I really love you. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that See? hurt my like hand. Tom Parker. That hurt my hand. Yeah, you ever get wow. smacked? Like, you see guys get smacked in the movies, and it's like, no, nah, yeah. didn't hurt at right. all. I've been smacked. Ow! Jesus! It stings. It leaves a mark, too. I mean, this guy looks like a fucking cadaver. Except for his eyes, his steely eyes. So it probably didn't leave a mark. I don't remember the incident, but I was smacked. And it fucking stung. <laughs> Open hand. Is it when you talked to Debbie Harris? Yeah. Really? <laughs> hey, they just said San Francisco. I know. That's why we're watching this movie. She say like, uh, we can make it. She, she's kind of breaking. She's kind of sick of the game. She's saying, uh, like, in a, in a 1950s lady's way, that she could be a manager of Deke, but she loves Tex too much, and she doesn't want to do it to Tex. You know? And he's... I'll throw everything away for you. He's like, whatever. That looks like Carl Reiner from the suit. This guy in the suit, I think he's the guy, Jack Latham. Mm-hmm. And I really had to dig up. I found his uh, obituary from the Los Angeles Times. Right. He died in 1987 on New Year's Day. Uh, really? Heart attack. He was 72 years old. Yeah, he, he became he was a radio guy in the 50s who became one of the first TV anchormen in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And he was with Channel 4 for decades. And they kind of unceremoniously fired his old ass saying, well, you own all these stations. Oh, there's that car. Yeah. And uh, so you got to go. So he wound up like he had a Palm Springs uh, station that he was, became anchorman. He sold it and became their anchor. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is the part where he gets, so he's conducting, and he's, he's going to give up and give it to Peter. So this guy right here, he he played uh, a newscaster in, like, Wild in the Streets, and one of the, one movie we saw, he was in there, Mentoring Candidate. Oh, I know that this face. Yeah. So it's weird, because you know he's, like, a real newscaster. He, he uh, and I looked at his credits, and he he played a newscaster for a long time, like, different newscasters. Yeah, so Elvis is done. Well, they, they, they have a live show where they're going to introduce Deke Williams to show he's an all-American boy, but he's not there. Right. He's driving off, and he's supposed to perform in 15 minutes. But what's going to happen? And I should mention, this is a, a famous Elvis movie because his parents show up in this scene. His parents are in the audience in this scene. So Gladys, died, who died a year later, uh-huh. uh, and actually, he's not the only one whose mom died. Someone else died. Someone, I think the... But, uh, yeah, look, see, there he is. Who's got swoosh. That's wiped my sweat off my brow. You know, I also miss a... She, Elizabeth Scott, also released an album in 1957. It wasn't just Elvis in this movie. Uh-huh. And this is this is that guy from the beginning. And when he's like, oh, you should get my buddy. He delivers food. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, all the... 
So he's from the first season. He's wearing a suit. He's got a great face. Yeah, he's the one who shows up and like bewitched all the time. I just uh average Joe. <laughs> yeah, who has great screen presence. Yeah, get off the screen. Who's following me? Somebody follow me. Well, I don't know. Whoa. Whoa. Holy cow. What was it? Horses or cows? There were cows in the middle of the road, and he had to steer off. So you don't see the crash, Carl. It happened off, off screen. Well, I just like this Elvis fella. I mean, Deke. Yeah, right. So she's driving down the one lane of this small town, and she's going to find him. So she crashes. Oh, too. my. I should have taken. I didn't see that detour sign. So Elvis is like, are you taking me to the hospital? And he goes, no, I'm taking you to the TV show. <laughs> yeah, you can get on in eight minutes, asshole. Well, he's like, are you, did you get decapitated? He's like, no, I'm pushing him out to the lockers. It feels like we're in a different state. I know, I know. Well, you know, the location is just said Paramount Studios Hollywood. So I don't know, like, is this supposed to be Texas? It is not. Where did your brother show me that, that set? It was a George Lopez show. He took me to that yeah. set that's used. It was that Paramount? It was in uh, Dukes of Hazard, and he rattled, rattled off all these. Oh, you know what? <clears throat> you know, you, you might be right, because I know that he, he's done a lot of studio work. My brother's a producer, and he's done a lot of studio work. My brother also hosts a uh, bad movie podcast, Proudly Resents. Yeah. And one day he's going to release that episode with us, and I look forward to that. Me too. Yeah. Maybe we should have it. Well, you got to go back to. Have it happen the same time we here. broadcast Billy. Yeah, we submitted to our listener that uh, we had watched uh, Sean Connery's last movie, an animated film from Glasgow called Sir Billy, and it was just so bad we refused to release it. And we talked about the movie on my brother's podcast, but he hasn't released that either, so there you go, (laughs) if that says anything. Here's your contract. He rips up his contract. See? See, I'm genuine. I'm genuine. I'm a good, I'm genuine. I'm a good manager. I want to fuck you over, Elvis. But she's saying, look, I have my wife with Tex. I set this whole thing up for you. You should take it. I don't even want to manage your money. There's, there's Susan Jessup again. Yeah, they're basically saying, like, rock and roll is not evil. What acting? He looks like Al Franken. That's why his hands yeah, are right. Yeah. Fuck this background. <laughs> Where's mom? Where's mom? <laughs> He's mom, mom's hanging out with three old ladies. They're going to cut to a shot with three old ladies, and she's one of the old ladies. This guy. The old Latham. But I, I can't find Bernard. He shows up. Ta-da. Check out his outfit. He has total blue jeans. With the pop collar. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, and then he's got the the cuffs. Because he steps in cow shit or whatever. Yeah, I mean, this is raw Elvis. 
yeah. you know, none of his other movies kind of going like this. You know, he's usually bloated in uh, Switzerland or whatever, being school. And I should say this is one of the few movies where he plays a rock star. Usually he's yeah. a ski instructor. Absolutely. Right. Insane. Oh, we haven't heard this song in 20 minutes. For springtime, too. I just in the fall. Too, but not fall. I ice my balls. Ice my balls. <laughs> Loving you. Loving you. <laughs> <laughs> I keep an almond no in my bed. Just know when I can get a break. Right, it's next to my rhyming dictionary. You know the story about, like, all shook up, his writers shook up the Pepsi bottle, and they said, hey, we should write a song about that. Really? Yeah, from a a bottle of Pepsi. Oh, hey, Carl, something happened. I got a commercial. I'm pausing. This happened to me. Yeah, this happened to me twice before. I should have expected it. I'm at 132.40. Yeah, if you guys want to pause. 132.46. Yeah, an hour and 32 minutes. Yeah, let me see where I'm at. 46 seconds. So you tell me when to press play when you get to 32. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I got 10 more seconds coming up, so I'll let you know. I'll count you down, Carl. Loving you. All right, three, two, one, boom. Sorry, audience. Yeah, they sing it slower. Yeah, sorry about that. That's fucking YouTube and their mid-commercials. Is yeah, I don't even like this song, Mike. I, Mike, I gotta say, I listen, what? from a guy who's yeah. done a lot of research on all of your films, I'm impressed. You know uh-huh. everything about's going on in the plot. You you've got the backstory to characters. You're only talking about the interesting stuff. Good job, man. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's like this is I read about Elvis movies, and I never really had a chance. You know. It's, they would show the 430 movie back in the day, which right. have Elvis week. Here you go. Here you go, Skeeter. Take your – I'm out of here. I got a bar with a name on it, my name on it. And she's like, you're so professional. I'm going to break the show and talk to you in front of the camera. <laughs> That's right. I'm such an actress. <laughs> yeah, the cameras are so – yeah. And he's like, fuck you, you husky voice, you husky – She's like, I love you. I ripped up the contract. Yeah, well, I love booze. Okay. The, now, this song is fucking great. I got whole, this is a song about, like, I just want to fuck you. Hey, I got a lot of living to do. It's my right. Come he's, on. He's the party has, makes two. He still has a lot yeah, of loving to do. I got, yeah, I got to put Nazis on my belt. And Texas this song is like, about fucking people. And Texas like, I got a whole lot of drinking to do. There it is. There Oh, I think that's Gladys in that in that bunch. Wow, that's that was great. his mom. That was great. So the story is that his his mom passed away the year later, yeah. and the story is Elvis can never watch this movie again. Oh, to Memphis Mafia because his mom's in it. But look at him; he's fucking raw and uncut. Yeah, and he's doing the twist that got mm-hmm. him off a of TV that got him them shooting him from the waist up. I think that's his mom in the middle, maybe. And his dad's in there, too. His dad lived a long time. Lived past Elvis' death. Wow. Yeah. Turner. Holy cow. You know the story about he has a stillborn twin? You know that story, right? Yep, yep. 
they, the doctor said, well, I'm sorry, your baby's dead. And she said, I think there's another one. <laughs> yeah, look at this. He's, he's, and sure enough, it was Elvis fucking Presley. Oh, boom, look at that. Fuck it. Hey, <laughs> you can see it for free on the Ed Sullivan Theater or come to the theater and pay for it. You know, um, the the siblings of stars never have it easy. Like that guy gave got a break. <laughs> yeah, right. He never wrote a tell all. That's terrible. She likes okay. likes so the now we just tore up the contract. Yeah, well, he's saying like, uh, you you could just talk to him directly. He's all yours. But this this movie kind of cops out. Like, they're resolved. And he's like, hey, uh, all right, let's get ready to sign the contract. She's like, oh, I, I ripped up your contract. You do it yourself. He's like, well, thanks very much. This is actually a very sweet Elvis moment. He's thanking them for his career and his girl. But we're going to see something super gross in like one minute. Are you ready? Yes. You know how kissing on stage is gross? Yeah. So both pairs are going to be kissing at the same time, the old people and the young people. <laughs> so he's like, come on in the room. We signed the contract. And uh, he's like, hey, so for my career, I want to make sure I get to pick the guest stars. Oh, wait a minute. You stop right here. <laughs> so he's going to pretend she's a bottle of uh, Southern Comfort and kiss her. And then Elvis is so horny when he's talking to this guy. He's like, do you mind getting out of the room for a second? So here we go. Right on the lips. Elvis fucking watches it. He's getting off. All right. That's a good idea. That gives me an idea. Yeah, exactly. Hey, buddy, why do you fucking scram, asshole? I got some love to do. Oh, yeah, it's 1957. That makes sense. That's the way we act. So look, look when he opens the door. Who's kissing the background? How gross is that? There it is. The reason why she became a nun. The end. Oh. Lucky one. Oh, what a lucky one we were. Well, Carl. That was, there was no, uh, loving you. There was no end credits. Oh. It just... Yeah. Well, they already had the credits up front. Did you notice that Edith Head did the costume? It's a different time in movies. Yep. Yeah, you put you load it up front, and then you end it, get everyone out of the theater, and play it again. What did you think of Loving You? I enjoyed the film. Uh, I kind of I picked it because Elvis made cheesy, cheesy films, and part of your podcast is never doing the good one. Like, I was like, we're not right. doing Love Me Tender because it's the first one. But uh, this one held up. This one was a good job of uh, – I'm not really the biggest Elvis fan, and um, this this was the time to be an Elvis fan. He was at the top of his game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I thought of that when I watched this movie. I said, out of all the Elvis movies Carl picked, you picked a good one. Like, <laughs> oh. I, I really enjoyed this movie. This guy, <laughs> it's this... like when we – because we've done, like, carry-on movies. We've done uh, yeah. Emmanuel movies, but we pick, like, the worst of the right. lot, the carry-on Columbus and the, the naked zombies. Right, uh, you didn't watch Shaft. Monsters. You watched Shaft 4, Meatballs 3. Yeah, right. This, <laughs> yeah, right, Meatballs 3. But we happen to pick one of the series that it really holds up, uh, and it's before his descent, of course. So, yeah, I like this movie a lot. The plot mechanics, it makes no sense to me, and I get lost, and the movie grinds to a halt a few times, but <laughs> I like Skeeter. I like everyone in this movie. Great. So that was very enjoyable. I had mentioned that uh, our friend uh, Walter, what's his name, Wendell Corey, Tex. who played Tex, 
Uh, this is movie. Let's do another Wendell Corey movie. I want to watch Cyborg 2087. Uh, unless Mystery Science did it, then we won't. But I didn't find it. I have a trailer for it. Okay. Uh, from Mike White. Do you want to play it? Can you okay. find it for me? Because you usually do the audio. Trailer. Cyborg. It says Cy- Cyborg 2087. 2087. Franklin Adrian 1966 trailer. That is really futuristic because uh, we haven't even reached 2087 yet. Oh, yeah. No, I, well, this is a story about my high school reunion, my 100th high school anniversary. <laughs> I, I show up as a cyborg in 20, you know, class of 87. Mike White, right? Yeah. Who right. has the devil's number? Up? 666 subscribers. Okay. Well, that's Trailer a little too cyborg, much information. 2087. Uh, three, two, one, go. Oh, that's so futuristic. Yeah, well, this is the future. Whoa, her boobs are on Point. fire. Yeah. She did her nails. <laughs> well, it's in the future. Everyone does their nails. Yeah, those are nice nails. Cool. That's the future. That's, that's New Boston. Cyborg 2087. In the future, they dress like this. Well, he goes back to present day. Uh Uh-huh. He's a relentless Terminator out to kill somebody for some reason. He looks, there's the cyborg uh, technology. Wow. Whoa. Just like Terminator's Wendell Corey, second villain. Yeah, just like Terminator's. He got That's hit on the shoulder, and of course he was knocked out. And electrocuted. Hey, there he is. There's Wendell. Shaking his hand in the West. Whoop. He, he poofed away. Oh, pointy, pointy. He's pointy. I know her face. Cyborg. Really? Yes. We'll find out when I research it. In- in color. Got to stick with the color movies. Very oh, that's nice. it, Carl? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So I've picked the movie for the next time. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be on the other side. Yeah. And we get, get to research. Uh, it was great to watch a piece of shit movie multiple times for the sake <laughs> of our show. Uh, I hey, I mentioned before, and it actually happened. If you'd like to read a, a comedy piece I wrote for the comedy magazine Savage Henry, Normally, you would have to pick up the paper copy in Humboldt County, California. It's a social distancing issue, and they, for the first time, they released it via online. Okay. So it's on an app called Issue, which is spelled like I-S-S-U-U.com. I wish I actually have a direct link, but check it out. I have a piece about amusement parks in there, the new rules for amusement parks. Guidelines. Okay, I'll check it out. Uh, that will be amusing. That yeah. Part. yeah. So there you go. So I'm not doing any comedy other than your open mic. Uh, no, but believe it or not, check it out, Mike. Other. I have a real show. It is tomorrow night. Um, okay. It's in New York City at the Climate Lounge on on East Seventh Street. Uh, Are you I, actually going to a place? Yes. I listen. We're opening up here. I've been to two live open mics in North Bergen. Um, 
You know, I was at this like backyard show. I could still consider that like sort of lockdown. But no, I, I've been to this bar twice for two open mics. And and to, I got booked on a benefit for like human trafficking or something. I, I don't even know. I, huh. I I just got booked today. But I will actually be performing comedy again in a booked show. I don't know what I'm getting paid, but I'll just give it back to the to the charity. But uh, I'm excited. Right, I, I'm going to be out there. I I dusted off my guitar. Happy to be back in the comedy world. So. Yeah, well, I want to say that. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. This, this show episode. is going to pro, uh, like um, air. It's going to be long over, so I'm not like promoting it. But, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, that's what I was exactly going to say. Yeah. Oh no, I was just saying that this uh, because of the uh, quarantine, Carl and I have been recording our shows in advance, so uh, this may this will be way after the fact. However, there will be a uh, place to watch it live. Uh, so hopefully by the time this airs, you're in good health, and we know yes. the name of the link, and we can provide it on the, on a future show. Uh, and we look forward to the next future show next Sunday. We'll be watching Cyborg 2087. <laughs> Carl, it's been a pleasure to okay. watch Elvis with you. Yes, thank you, Mike. Good to watch Elvis. Research, great job on the research. Thanks, man. Well, you gave me a good one. I love Elvis movies. That's kind of the style of what we're trying to do here. To watch shitty fucking movies, so <laughs> we picked a good one. Perfect. It was a good one. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Mike. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. We're done. See Thank you, guys. Audience. Bye. Thank you, audience. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. You can watch if you want to. You can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced Mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced Mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say mutinay. Mutinay? Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman.
It's time for the Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio every Friday from 10, but tonight from 8 to 9, we've got a very special Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 show for you all. Yay! Clap it up for yourselves for being here, for all the comedians you're going to see from all over the amazing United States of America. Yay! Uh, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. How are you doing? 
Yay! This is day six, and I'm surprised I'm still alive. This is it's, it's a lot of it's, it's a lot of stuff. I'm like, oh, that's right. I write jokes. Did I do that too? I used to do that. Fun, good stuff. Uh, feminists in the house? Yeah, Ooh, yeah. It's the same way I feel about it. <laughs> still, you have to be feminist. <laughs> I don't like to call myself a feminist. It's kind of a dirty word these days. It seems like it's a politicized, dirty word. I'd rather call myself a cunt face. It's descriptive and accurate, you know, for what I'm doing. But I don't know what else to call myself. You know, language is political. Right? What, do I, what am I? I'm a female. I'm a pert son. I'm a woman. We are all people. No, it's not spelled like that. But boys have a peephole. Girls have a vagina. So I have to call myself a feminist because it's the only word spelled without the word men in it. Spelling crowd? <laughs> I can spell. I must be a witch. I know how to read too. No! There is no men in feminism. Spelled with an I. I am a feminist. No, no one, no one can't. You can get out your phones and T9 it. I swear. There's no men in feminism. It just sounds like there are. But language is political. Like every month, women menstruate. Menstruate. It's the one thing you can literally never do when you put your name all over it. And you think it's gross. Menstruate. When you have sex for the first time, what do you break? Hi, men. Hi, men. Hi. I can have sex with all of you now. Hi. Good for business. We get the one feminine pronoun. What do we get? Herpes. You give us herpes. Yeah? Good. The one I understand so much because I'm going through it right now is menopause. Men are pausing on her. Whoa, she is older than I thought. <laughs> that is Yeah. Knock, knock. Feminism. I can get my own fucking door, thanks. I think it's the precept of feminism? I don't know. A lot of ladies in the 70s burned bought bras and read books so I can talk about my butthole on stage. Yeah. My butthole looks like someone threw a hand grenade into a deli. <laughs> Meaty. Like a bunch of worms trying to escape a hungry robin. Oh, I am. I don't mean to talk so much about feminism. I don't want to be too heavy-handed. But I love the term heavy-handed because that's you used to not beat your wife with a heavy hand because you wouldn't want to leave a mark. Am I right? Ha <laughs> ha! I love feminist. Things I'm I, I'm trying to believe in equality now. I don't know if you crowd that's into equality. No. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Equality sucks. There's a really easy way to make equality happen right now, and that's PG-13. Right. Right now in a PG-13 movie, if you cover up the nipple, you get to see 180. Uh, you also get to see some butts, but not the whole. That's fine with me. I say is I'd like to see some fried scrotes. Mm -hmm. 
You might not be on board yet. Let's imagine together a Martin Scorsese film. The sunset, infinity pool. Nicholas Cage is coming out of the pool. His long ball sack is deep in the water, right? And his, his dick is above the stairs, so we're not seeing any genitals, mind you. But what we get to see is this beautiful stained glass side scrote for equality, yeah? I think the movie's called Raging Balls, I think is the name of that Nick Cage movie. I just want to see like older actors get to come back, make a big comeback because of their long, saggy nutsack. Yes. Beautiful. Shorn, unshorn. I want to see it all for quality. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited about it too. Uh, any, other, any other crazy cat people? Yeah, meow, 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 my cat, my cat people. Bow to your alien overlords with one arm, just like the Chinese. They know what's up. Come on now, cats are the best. I'm the crazy cat lady, but not in the way you think. I want to take my cat and I want to shave him. I want to knit a sweater out of his fur. Make him wear it. I'm crazy. I love cats. Meow, meow, meow. I was, I've been getting cat called quite a bit. Live in the tenderloin. Cat calling is a thing. I, I don't even see it as cat calling anymore. I see it maybe more as complimenting. A gentleman yelled out to me on the street, Girl, you've been living a long time to look 22. That's a compliment. I'm taking it. That's not cat calling. Another gentleman said, Oh, you got a nice fit on today. I like that. I am fit. I'm wearing an outfit. That's a double entendre in Complimenting. Thank you. That's good. I try not to wear skirts because a gentleman walked up to me and said, I like your skirt. Can I get under there and get a sniff? Oh, you've crossed the line, sir. That is catcalling. Also, like, why do you want to smell my boyfriend's cock? That's weird, bro. That's, that's on you. Actually, it's all over me. That's the problem, you guys. I do understand catcalling now, though, because I, I have a kitten. I have a darling, sweet kitten. And I call her all the time. I go, baby kitty cat. Come here, baby kitty cat. And then she, like, runs the other direction, but she shows me her butthole. And I'm like, so I run up to her, pick her up without consent, and I flip her over like a baby, and I kiss her on the mouth. So I understand catcalling. Like, I get it. I really get it. All right, yay, that's been my time. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, yay. Uh, we sing a little song before we start this. If you know it, sing along. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy, comedy. Together we will bring our jokes up high. Hi, hi, hi. I need to get a vaporizer. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse. You want to come inside me, clubhouse? You're already here, you're trapped! Yay, thanks for being here. I'm super excited to bring up all of your awesome festival comedians. Your first festival comedian, put your hands together for the very funny Dash Thompson! First Wednesday, live jazz. Live DJs Thursday. I'm gonna keep moaning till I'm sad. Ah, okay, uh, what's up? How are you guys doing? Do you guys feel good? Feeling? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I like it. It was uh it I felt inspired by that. Uh, 
Uh, I found out uh, recently, I was, I was looking through some old baby photos, and uh, they were mine, by the way. I don't just peruse photos of babies. It's not my thing. I found out by looking through some old baby photos that my mom, when I was a toddler, put a rat tail on my head, which is, yeah, yeah, that's upsetting to find out. Because you never look at someone with a rat tail and think, like, that guy could do my taxes. But you have looked at someone with a rat tail and thought, that guy, he keeps all of his money in a shoebox, I feel like, under his van. Uh... Yeah, because, like, you know how moms like to put, like, like cool punk moms like to put, like, mohawks on their toddlers, right? And they're like, look, he's a little punk rocker. My mom put a rat tail on my head. was like, look, he's a little junkyard salvager. Isn't that cute, huh? Yeah. Pick up some scrap metal, you little trash baby. Get out there. Don't touch him. He's got tetanus and rabies. Best friend's a raccoon. So, anyways, this little wild child. It's fun. I say that because I have this working theory with rat tails. Uh that uh, people with them also own raccoons. I can't prove it. I just hope that I want I want to do this joke one day and someone with a rat tail in the crowd is like, hey, man, that's accurate, and just pulls a raccoon out, and I'm like, yes, finally. <laughs> I've been proven correct. <laughs> cool. Uh, I also found out, uh, looking through some old, uh, some old photos of me, that for my first day of school, like my introduction to uh, other kids, my mom sent me out the door, uh, in suspenders and a bull cut. Uh, that was my first look. Suspenders, yeah, suspenders and a bull cut. Just like a little message to the rest of the kids, like, just bully him. Don't even look anywhere else. It's going to be him. Uh, she dressed me like a middle-aged divorcee who cuts his own hair. You know how sad that is to show up on your first day of school, just like, <laughs> divorce is hard <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> All right. Mostly that joke's for myself, because I just love doing that voice. <laughs> And every time I do that joke, the crowd's always like, please, please don't do that more. <laughs> I'm going to move on. Uh, yeah, I also found some old footage of me uh, like playing basketball for the first time, uh, which is also, like, pretty upsetting to look at, especially if you ask, like, like, any, like, guy, like, average dude would probably assume he was a pretty good athlete as a kid. If you show any of them a tape of them running as a kid, they're like, ha, fucking It's all elbows and hips, you know? Uh, footage of me playing basketball on my basketball team, I found out, and I didn't know this or I just didn't remember, or I probably blacked it out, where uh, every time our team would score a point, I made the decision to cartwheel down the court. Uh, I was in the game, just mid-court, just cartwheeling, like, yay, points, Dad. And my dad's like, I got a theater kid, don't I? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> doing jazz hands. You know, it was, it was cool to me. Okay, uh, so I am uh, I'm, I'm single, uh, which is fun. Uh, my last girlfriend uh, broke up with me in a park at night, which I thought a little risky on her part. Um, you know, not that you know anything's gonna happen. <laughs> Us men, right? Anyways, that's that's a cute, fun throwaway joke. <laughs> a little cute joke you throw out there, and you're like, "Ooh, we're dangerous." <laughs> Just kidding. Um, should probably get rid of that joke. <laughs> uh, cool. I think, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do this uh, fun little thing. I, um, in middle school, I was really into wrestling. WCW, anyone else? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Super into wrestling. Uh, in eighth grade, me and my buddy, we would uh, pretend wrestle uh, with each other and stuffed animals. It wasn't weird. It was really cool. And uh, we would wrestle on, like, the trampoline. I remember once uh, his little brother wanted to, to wrestle with us. 
And uh, you know there's a little bit of like give and take with wrestling, right? Because stage is Peter. Uh, his, his little brother put my head between his legs to powerbomb me, but I was like, I'm not going to powerbomb no bitch. And I threw him back, and I bloodied his mouth, and then wrestling was done forever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a real bummer. But me and my friend, we would, uh, we would like, we really like to do it up, you know, because we, we're kids, we have imagination, and we came up with our own wrestling uh, duo name. We called ourselves the Venom Bros, right? That's not bad. You could see that. It's not that bad. We also had our own tagline, because uh, you remember how, like, uh, Ric Flair had, like, woo, and The Rock was like, you'd smell this shit or whatever? I don't know. Uh, we had our own tagline as the Venom Bros, but it was way less intimidating. Our tagline as the Venom Bros was Venom Bros, which uh, is uh, doesn't make you the cool kid in middle school, but it's a great deterrent for bullies. Turns out no one wants to pick on the kid who licks other kids. This is a rule of school. I'm going to kick your ass. When and where, baby? They're like, never mind. You win everything. Anyways, that's my time. Thank you very much. Josh Thompson, everyone. Hooray. We have comics from all over the United States, and our next one is from Chicago. Clap your hands in a wild, slappy-like motion for Aaron Atkins! Thank you very much. Hello, my name is Aaron. I'm Aaron from Chicago. Uh, I'm back in town for this festival, and we're down the street. i got to get this off my chest because this happened today. Has anyone here been to the coffee shop down the street? It's called Coffee Shop, right? That guy's a sociopath, huh? That guy's a fucking sociopath. First of all, when I went first in there, he's like, hey, when he fist bumps me, can I fist bump you real quick? He goes like this. He goes, do you vertically like so? He goes like this. Hey. Like half of my fist, right? And then he doesn't even acknowledge it. He's like, so what's up, bro? Are you vibing on anything? And I was like, what the hell? Not vibing anything. And I get, I, my, my friend, another comic here, Sam Carroll, got fucking, um, he got this drink called the Sherpa. It's like an iced coffee drink. They put like coffee, snow, like, there's cubes in it made out of coffee, you know, it's like the big gimmick. So I'll get one of those. Uh, and I pay like $8 for it, first of all, which is a lot of fucking money for a cup of coffee. Even Elon Musk over here agrees with me. It looks fucking a lot of money, man. And I swear to God, when he was making it, he puts the ice cubes in and he goes, he's, to his coworker, he goes, I put four. Probably enough. Probably enough? What the fuck? He was going to put five. I swear to God, he was going to put five. That's probably enough. What do you, he paid $8 in advance. Whatever. One of the, one of those dollars was a tip, so I'm a bitch tax for that. It's a seven dollar cup of coffee. I'm stoked. Sorry, I'm an angry little man. I have <laughs> a, a lot of pent up anger. Uh, sorry, because I'm from here, and uh, my parents are vegans. That's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> um, yeah, that's why I look like how NPR sounds, right? I've grown up to be a thrift store mannequin in the flesh. <laughs> yeah, I'll get it out of the way. My parents did a seance on a New Yorker tote bag, and I was like, hey, fully grown. <laughs> Have you guys read David Sedaris? He's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Having two vegan parents is like having two autistic parents, though, you know. Even if you're not, like you're still gonna act like you are. You know, like when I was a kid, my favorite band was Podcast. I had a t-shirt, I had a This American Life t-shirt I wore to school every Thursday and Friday. Anybody else? Anybody else? I was the only one. Peace sitting down. What else is fun about me? 
Um, what else is cute and <laughs> quirky about my identity? Let's see. I'm also I'm a queer man. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let the record show. Standing ovation. <laughs> um, actually, this is a part of the show I like to play a game with the audience called um, Is It Gay Porn? Or is it Kung Fu that I slowed down? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a little clip. And I just want you to tell me, is this gay porn? Or is it just Kung Fu that I slowed down? So let me know. All right, gay porn or Kung Fu? Think Kung Fu? Kung Fu? You're wrong. It's a straight guy deadlifting at the gym. So you're <laughs> all wrong. <laughs> this man was being ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, this he's going to live on forever in a... Mediocre stand-up crowd. <laughs> Say hello to San Francisco, man. Yeah, I got being queer and vegan in high school. Sucked ass for me, man. I think I think what also sucks is that like I'm not like queer enough for a lot of people. Like I'm too straight, which is stupid that you can even do that. And also the people that accuse me of that are also these straight guys in like basketball shorts and a t-shirt that just says like gap on it, you know? It's like you're gonna judge me over this, but like I think that's just stupid because like gay culture is like so huge, you know, like you could live like grow up on one side of it and never see the other at all, right? Like when I was a kid, I never, like I never watched RuPaul's Drag Race. That wasn't like my gay TV. My gay TV was um, Anderson Cooper 360, so. right? Right, little man that's like technically gay. That's what I like, a like a Buttigieg kind of guy, right? Like, like if he had a flow in the Pride Parade, it would just be like a gray Honda Civic, you know, going to like softball practice. Yeah, well. Like I said, high school still sucked ass for me. Very easy target, you know. Like, I really did bring a tote bag to school. Where am I Satan? I should read The Atlantic sometimes. I'm not such a stereotype. Uh, I my Honestly, I was pretty low on the social ladder. It was like me, the assistant principal was like one above me. And above us all was like the kid with the rolly backpack, you know. He's like the cool kid in our friend group. Like, the kid that bullied me, I had a bull cut at this time, by the way. Keep that in mind. I get that that's a large visualization. I had a bull cut. Kids that bullied me were an anime club, which is ass. One of my bullies posted a video of himself on Facebook recently doing katana choreography to Evanescence. And every day that kid was like, faggot, why? <laughs> me? How? And he's like, you eat vegetables. What? <laughs> I, was, I, I guess. You know, I feel like when you live your whole life and you just like kind of a dig, you know, people just like just dissing your identity. Like the, the the only things that make up your very small existence as a high school student, you got two choices in life. You know, you can be like a drug addict or you can be a comedian. And like now I'm a comedian, which is great. But for a while not so much. I used to be very into drugs. Not like in a fun way. Not like in a Snoop Dogg way, like a Suge Knight kind of way. Like I was very into pills and whatnot for most of my high school career. When I was 17, I got really into, really for a few months, heroin. Uh, it's kind of heavy, right? And no one, when I said it, like, no one believed me. And I, and I get it. Like, I don't look like I was on heroin. I look like I was on Glee. Um, right? Got, like, a Cory Monty situation going on. But, uh <laughs> when I first got to treatment, my um, my first roommate was also heroin addict. We got along. We got along great, you know? <laughs> like, he was, like, so wise. He's like, he's like, don't listen to these guys yet, right? You could do heroin is to live a perfectly good life. Like how? He's like, just eat healthy. Exercise every day. Only do like a little bit of heroin. 
My buddy lived for like two years. <laughs> and I was like, by then I'll be old enough to drink, right? <laughs> this is the heaviest 